right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right. Welcome back to our podcast, Farming Assets. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and subscribe. And as we go through this content and we get to the end and you aren't a subscriber and you know this is great content, I know this could be beneficial to a lot of people I know, friends, family, colleague. Feel free to share us. Don't keep us a secret. So, so today's episode, what we're going to be doing on, and we've done an episode in the past, most recently about the de-dollarization, and and there's a lot of talk about China. Obviously, there has been for the last couple of decades, and and so it's what's interesting right now is the different communication that's coming out about China. And so we're just going to go through some articles, various articles from around different websites and and articles. And I'll I'll go ahead and read the titles of the articles, the date and the website or who's producing the article. And I guess let's see for ourselves what's going to happen and what the big issue. So Nikki Asia is the website. It is obviously really based in Japan. China trims key lending rate as new data shows flagging recovery. Property investment down 7.2% in first five months. Youth joblessness rises. So this is an article of June 15th when that was just yesterday at the the time of this recording of this episode. So let's, let's go on and let's continue to read some key figures in here. China cut a key lending rate on Thursday to lower borrowing costs as property sales industrial production weaken while youth joblessness deepens. Okay, the People's Bank of China announced it is trimming the rate on its 237 billion yuan or 33 billion US dollars worth of one year medium term lending facilities loans to banks by 10 basis points to the what did they cut it down to 2.65% from 2.75%. Okay, the amount of fresh lending exceeds the 200 billion yuan of such loans maturing in June. So what is all this conversation about the de-dollarization? Why why are all these other countries wanting to to shift their main currency or the backing of their currency from the US dollar to the yuan? Well, sounds like China's doing something very similar, right? So in the reality is is that China's currency is not even double digit. And so this whole BRICS, and we talked about this in a previous episode, we were all concerned about the euro when the euro was starting to come out. And that really didn't show a whole lot of steam after that uh, initial steam kind of blew off, right? I think there's going to be a lot of that with this as, as well. The last time the People's Bank of China eased the same rate was in August of last year after two months of COVID lockdown in Shanghai. So there's been no lockdowns, okay? We're supposedly going into a quote-unquote recession. We're supposedly the economy's strong, but we're going into a recession, right? We're getting this back and forth conversation. But here in China, 
This is the last time the rate was this low was when it was the COVID lockdown in Shanghai took a toll on the economy. Thursday's stimulus was widely anticipated by economists after the People's Bank of China lowered its seven-day reverse repo rate, the key rate at which it supplies short-term liquidity to banks. And they lowered it from 2% down to 1.9%. Now, the rate cut came as fresh data showed that China's industrial production expanded 3.5% in May, which was down from 5.6% a rise in April. Now, retail sales in May rose to 12.7%. That's a big rise, right? 12.7%, marking a slowdown from 18.4% the previous month. The domestic structural adjustment has mounting pressure, and the foundation of the economy recovery is not yet solid, said the National Bureau of Statistics, alluding to the still complicated and severe international environment. What's the severe international environment? China not getting along with the U.S., <laughs> right? It, I mean, at the end of the day, the U.S. is the number one consuming country in the world. We have 330, 340 billion, not billion, million people, right? China's well over a billion. India's well over a billion, right? You have these countries that population-wise are much larger than the U.S., but which is the largest or the most powerful and the, the strongest economy? The U.S. economy. So when something happens to the U.S., it happens worldwide, right? So China is the second largest economy, but why is their growth going down? Because we're starting to say, you know what, we're going to give you the proverbial middle finger because of how you've been treating us. And so not only are we'll do another episode on foreign investors. Foreign investors are taking their money out, not just U.S., but around the world out of China. Why? Because China's making good bedfellows. They're trying to be roommates with Russia, right? And Russia's the big bad wolf. And then we got the red dragon, right? And you got these two that are trying to figure out there's no honor among thieves, right? It's your enemy is my enemy, right? I mean, I mean, the reality is, right? The reality is, is that China is suffering because they took this strong, hard approach on this quote-unquote pandemic, something that they in the United States created and leaked, okay? Purposely leaked, accidentally leaked, doesn't matter because it's in the past, it happened, it's three years ago now, right? And the reality is, is that they're struggling because they're continuing not to play nice with the U.S., Okay. Now, in the first five months of the year, the real estate investment tumbled 7.2% on the year and, and property sales by area during the same period fell 0.9%, while unsold resident space dwellings swelled from 15.9% or to 310 million square meters. I don't know how what that means in feet. <laughs> Sorry. US math. I don't know. I don't know the rest of the world math. <laughs> I don't know the metrics. So uh, smart, not that smart. So anyhow, we can keep going on and on and on and on and on and on and on, but you get the point. Now, there's another article, and this article is by C G Captain, Gcaptain.com. Okay, this is really about shipping. Okay. And it's charting the global economy. Weak trade shows China struggling. This is June 12th article. 
fresh trade data out of China, adding to evidence that the world's second largest economy is struggling for traction. In Germany, another decline in orders placed with manufacturers suggesting a lack of momentum in Europe's largest economy. Meanwhile, consumers in the Eurozone became much more sanguine about the inflation outlook, a development that feeds into debate about how long interest rates must rise. After U.S. lawmakers agreed to suspend the debt limit, the Treasury said it expects a significant rebuilding of its cash balance by month end. Here are some of the charts that appeared in Bloomberg this week on the latest development in the global economy. Asia. China's economic recovery showed further signs of weakening in May, clouding the outlook of the rest of the year and fueling calls for more central bank stimulus, which we just found out in the previous article. Trade figures this week were the latest to show the economy's weakening outlook. Both exports and imports contracted in May from a year ago, a sign of subdued global and domestic demand. Foreign tourists packing flights to Japan are helping the economy climb out of the recession with sending power with spending power that is also fueling upward pressure on hospitality sector pay and rise. Now, in the over three decades since the collapse of the Soviet Union, Russia held on to its spot as the biggest trading partner for Kazakhstan, even as China made inroads across much of the region. But financial and economic sanctions that have sidelined Russia and divert trade flows are creating an opening for China. All right. Well, there's some hope for China there with that with their relationship with Russia and, and the waning issues with Russia. Now, let's talk about Europe really, really quickly. Consumer expectations for the Eurozone inflation eased significantly in April, adding to the case for the European Central Bank. Historic ramp up in interest rates to conclude this summer. Germany factory orders unexpectedly fell in April, further dimming prospects for Europe's largest economy after enduring the first session. Now, I don't know if it unexpectedly fell in April. And here's why. For almost six months, well, we're middle June now, so almost eight, let's see, nine months. So really towards the last quarter of last year, People have been talking about recession and, and a down economy. So how in the world are you saying unexpectedly fell in April? Right? How are we how are we surprised about May numbers? Right. This is quite comical when you start looking at this in some of these conversations. Okay, so next article, G0, G0, G0media.com. A article June 7th. Has China's power weakened? Dun, dun, dun. Great question. I had a fascinating debate. This is the article. I had a fascinating debate on this question a few months ago with political scientist Michael Beckley, who wrote a thoughtful and compelling book arguing that China's relative rise is over and therefore that the United States will remain the world's sole superpower for their foreseeable future. I am in agreement. I haven't read this book, but I am in agreement with this. I think this is is China is a distraction. I think Russia is a distraction. I think local media, local U.S. media is trying to use these two countries as a way to distract you and I as consumers with what's going on in our own country. That's just my personal opinion, but let's see. This isn't a new claim. In fact, every few years going back decades, we get a big new article or book saying China's power is peaking and its decline or even collapse is intimate. I don't know if China's collapse is intimate. All I know is that we know communism over a long period of time does wane. 
Now, you could dictatorship doesn't, right? Really, the only only country in the United States that really truly is a republic is the United States. Okay. Everything else is a dictatorship. Okay. Now they say they have a prime minister and they say this, they say that. Eh, maybe Germany's next closest to us as a republic in the United States. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, what are we going to look at? Right. There ebbs and flows. Okay. And I do believe the US, because of as long as we don't let this current administration continue to make bad decisions that other countries have made. And so, anyways, that's a different conversation. I'm get, starting to get political. So I apologize. Why China has peaked already? Well, the rise, the exceptional rise of China over the last 40 years was just that, exceptional. Why? Why did China rise? Because the United States shifted manufacturing to China. The rest of the world started shifting manufacturing to China. Yes, the U.S. used Mexico and, and various other countries in Asia and that sort of stuff, but China got the bulk of it. Why? Because they're a communist country and they're, they have a billion people population and they have a workforce that is larger than any other country. They needed the world, but China's people don't <laughs> consume. The wealthy in China consume, absolutely, but they're wealthy because the, the country of China the communist country, the leaders have said they can, as long as China's in their pocket, which they are. Now, China's economic slowdown is structural. You cannot grow 15, 16% a year. You can't manipulate your, your, your dollars in a communist country without capitalism. Okay. The US manipulates its dollar based on interest rates, based on, on printing, using the Fed. It does manipulate the dollar. Absolutely. That's why we're in an inflationary period right now. We get that. That's why the part of the world is saying, ah, we got to get off the dollar. We get, right. And they're calling this all this de de dollarization. Okay. But the reality is capitalism. The, the right for you and I to go out and purchase something that we desire or want and not even need, our country was a lifestyle of need. Then as development and engineering, and we started inventing more things and growing and the brain trust in other countries, I'm not going to be naive. You know, the U.S. is what it is because of who we are, the dream of the United States. And that's why people, the brain trust in other countries come here, whether it's from India, China, Japan, Europe. It does not matter. South America it does not matter. The smart come here. Why? Because they see the capitalism. They see the freedom. They see what the United States is able to do for them and them being to reach their full potential as an individual and maybe help also the society as a whole. Okay. So the reality is, is that yes, China is big. Absolutely. They do a lot of manufacturing, but once these countries, Europe and the United States start pulling manufacturing out of China, because that's what we're doing. You're starting to see that, that what's happening to China right? It's affecting their growth. So then investors start pulling money out. Again, another episode we'll be talking about, okay? So it's going to be a three-part episodes on China, 
Okay, this is the first part. So I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. We're already about 15 minutes or so into this. And then we're going to continue into the next episode. So if you're intrigued by more information, kind of figuring out what is all of this about, then please feel free to subscribe. So when that next episode comes out, you're notified. You you can go ahead and listen to it right away rather than you having to set your alarm or put it in the calendar that to look for our episode. Just go ahead and subscribe. That way you're going to get notified by us already. So once again, thank you for joining us on Farming Assets. Our goal, our job, is sole purpose is to make sure we take all this all this information, all this noise, how do we dissect and communicate and translate all this noise into what reality is here for you and I? That's what we're trying to do. So as a business owner, as a high taxpayer, you're trying to figure out what do I do? And that's what we're trying to provide is a little bit more translation, that little more common sense translation. Not all the noise translation that they're trying to, to shove in our in our eyes and our ears. So, so once again, thanks so much. Subscribe and look forward to seeing you or hearing you or whatever you <laughs> in the next episode. Bye-bye. All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcast of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can.